Next on BYU Sports Nation, the next four games. Expectations for BYU hoops before the rematch with St. Mary's. Are they too high? What do you want to see in the next four games? Greg Rubel will join us. Plus a major shakeup in my WCC Player of the Year power poll and how BYU swim and dive went above and beyond in Puerto Rico. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play from the Studio Bizzle. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Wednesday, January 10th, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Dave Rose's Instagram friend. Jerem Jordan. Now, I need to check that because he said that he would add me and that he did, but I don't, I need to check that. You I'm haven't gonna, received a confirmation that you know of yet. I don't get notifications for if he follows me, so I'll have to look it up manually. What is he, real Coach Rose? There was a discussion that when BYU Basketball with Dave Rose, the show, began that perhaps that would be enough to bump Jerem Jordan into friend status with Dave Rose on Instagram. Well, it's just following. We don't, it's, we don't have to be friends. <laughs> I think I, uh, the real Coach Rose, uh-huh. is that it? I'm, I'm following in. following you? Is he following me? Followed by? I don't know if he follows me. I'm following him. I don't think he follows me. Well, then we need to shore that up, man. If he's because he's, I, I heard whatever. him in the elevator say, "It's his choice." I follow you. We got to make that happen. Well, you've either, put it. You've put in the not work telling on, the truth. You've or... put in the work on the gram, Jerem. No, I haven't. I don't d- do Jack Squad. Granted, he's not a social media uh, it's, expert it's per more, se. Yeah, it's more so he can follow his players. <laughs> yes. They're doing not so he can post. He's posted six times. <laughs> Doesn't do it very much. He has six posts lifetime on Instagram. Yeah. But at least it's a start because on this program, in this studio, he said, I'll never have any of those. Now he has an Instagram. Yeah, never say never. That's what I learned from uh, an American tale from Fievel. Oh, I thought you were going to go somewhere else, Justin Bieber. Justice, Justice Bieber. (laughs) Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball will host Willie the Wave and Pepperdine tomorrow on BYU TV at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain Tip. Last night on BYU Basketball with Dave Rose, friend of the gram, the head coach referenced the athleticism of the Waves. Uh, not a great three-point shooting team, but they make four or five a game. And, uh, you know, this, this is a team that their athleticism has really caused us problems over the years. Listen, he's not going to overlook anybody. We can decide if we, we as fans yeah. or members of the media will overlook certain opponents from yeah. BYU. The coach and his players at least say they will not overlook Pepperdine. Who's again. going to say they are, though? You know, the Pepperdine's 3-13, and 0-4 in league. Yet BYU's lost four I'm waiting for a personality, a coach, to be like, yeah, I just – I think I think we got these guys. You know what? We're going to steamroll these guys. <laughs> uh, our guys aren't prepared at all, but we're just more talented. BYU TV coverage begins at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. You can listen listen to the pregame radio show beginning at 8 Eastern listen, with Greg Rubel. BYU loses to non-St. Zaga 2.8 times a year. So this, and You can't overlook anyone. Truly. 
Yesterday, Dave Rose says Dalton Nixon could be back in the next week or two. Nixon did elliptical work and got some shots up yesterday. Coach Rose said Nixon's return depends on how he reacts. As long as he stays pain-free, then there's a process that you go through with these things, and and hopefully, you know, we can get to the point where he's out actually in practice here sometime soon, and then we'll know if it's going to work or not. Let's have some hypothetical fun with the past, Jerem. Oh boy, true or false? If Dalton Nixon is playing with no BYU. Clue. The Cougars win at least one of the two games they lost in conference to either St. Mary's or Pacific. No clue. You don't want to make what, what do you a guess? No. What do you think? I think BYU beats Pacific if Dalton Nixon plays. Why? Because he's defensive-minded and he's a hustle player. And they win a few of those 50-50 basketballs that they didn't win in the actual game. So I, I think that they beat Pacific. Hmm. St. Mary's, I don't know. I mean, St. Mary's just an incredibly difficult matchup because Jock Landale is a beast. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. The Sporting News released its way-too-early college football top 25 for the 2018 season. BYU? Not ranked. But they are scheduled to play two of the top 25 not teams. Not ranked? This just in? <laughs> I was waiting for you to pick well, the up bottom. Well, they're not ranked in the bottom 20. Washington ranked 11th in that way-too-early top 25. Wisconsin number 6 in those rankings. I would imagine Boise State and Utah are probably hovering just outside as well. And Tyler Haas made his debut at the St. John's Edge of the NBL Canada yesterday. Who knew Canada has a professional league? We'll talk to Greg Rebell about this nonsense later. One of Haas' teammates, by the way, is former Cougar, Rashawn Brodus. Yeah! Sean Brodus, man. Also, I believe this team is in or was playing in Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Which Greg uh, informed us many months ago. Is half an hour off. They have their own time zone. They have their own time zone. Like there's Eastern time zone, and then there's like Newfoundland time zone or something. Thirty minutes ahead, which is or behind wherever you. It's, it's ahead of Eastern yeah. time zone. So we're yeah. uh, we're currently you know it's ten oh six here. It's twelve oh six in the Eastern time zone. It's twelve thirty six in Newfoundland, <laughs> which makes no sense at all. They can do what they want. I guess. Are they you questioning my logic? Well, you're not from Newfoundland, so no. Or is Bracket Matrix from Newfoundland? I don't know if they have the internet. <laughs> I don't know this. Uh, the I don't know that they don't. The questions of our lifetime. Rise and shout. Time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The next four. BYU basketball begins a four-game stretch before the rematch with St. Mary's in Moraga. What are the expectations for those four games, I'm gathering that 90% of BYU Sports Nation will probably say, win them all. While you think about that, answer today's Twitter question. What do you want to see from BYU basketball over the next four games? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Colonel underscore James 83. W Four wins. And again, I think that that is how most of all BYU fans feel. But then consider the our Lillies. stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Last year, BYU did not have a four-game win streak in uh, conference play. They didn't win four straight games in the WCC. Wow. Didn't know that. They had Eric Mika and Nick Emery on that team. Clearly and obviously, they do not have those two players. What? Yet the expectations 
because of what has transpired in non-conference and because BYU fans are BYU fans, are that BYU should win the next four and thus have a four-game win streak in conference play. Three or four at home, and then you play at Santa Clara. Yes, BYU should win the next four. San Diego at home is a tougher game. That's next week. But BYU should beat Pepperdine, should beat Santa Clara, who's a 300-plus composite KPI, BPI, all that stuff. Yet Santa Clara has a better record in WCC play than BYU right now. They haven't now. played the same team. <laughs> LMU is 5-10, and 0-4 in league. They've played a tough schedule to start. San Diego's good, man. Like, San Diego could be the three seed and BYU could be the four. That, that possibility exists. But the expectation is that BYU wins that game because it's in Provo. Yeah. Oh, if you don't. If you lose at Pacific, then you're losing at home to San Diego. You ain't going to the NCAA tourney. Then it's status quo. Then it's status quo, right? Yeah, if you finish in third and don't go to the NCAA tournament, it's status quo. So I will say this. People have been like, hey, you can tell the biggest difference if BYU is better or not by wins and losses. BYU did not have a four-game win streak in conference play last year. So if the Cougars win four straight games in conference play this year, would that actually add to the conversation and make people feel like, yes, this team is better. Well, think of it this way. It's an 18-game tournament before you get to Vegas. So when the losses come, that, that, that makes you feel differently at a certain point, right? Like, I didn't want BYU to start 2-2. Two and two. I was hoping for a 3-1, 4-0. I thought that BYU could start 4-0 because they had St. Mary's at home. 2-2 two and two is below what I was hoping. But part of this conversation, too, is uh, what I want to see in the next four games, which is win Wins, the four. Win the four. Three or four at home. You should, you should do this. Um, is is what, what do I think this team's going to do? If I think this is an NCAA tournament team, then my expectations are different for this 18-game tournament, right? But I think that this is a building year for BYU with no seniors, with the new scheme, to uh, uh, compete in the conference, play better, play better defense, figure some things out. To where next year you have senior Elijah Bryant and juniors Yoli Childs and TJ Haas and company, and you figure it out a little more. You get you get guys off of missions that you think can contribute. You get a little more depth. You get consistent. You get healthy. And then next year we're like, okay, this is this is a team that needs to find its way into the NCAA. And St. Mary's loses a bunch of yeah. people next year. They lose their big three, and then now we're talking. So for, for this team, I want them to improve and get better and figure things out. I want them to be bubblicious. I would love for BYU to get into the NCAA tournament. I'm not sure that this is the year where BYU gets back there. Okay. I hope it is. Okay. So from a four-game perspective. Yeah, if win you, all four. If that's what you want. No, this is what I expect. Okay. Because three or four at home. But you're, okay, so I'm just trying to clarify something here. You don't expect BYU to make the NCAA tournament. No. But the expectations are still that they should do what a team that is bubblicious does, and that's win four games against teams you're better than on paper. No, it's that they're four and two in league after six. That's what I am hoping. Six and two. In, in the league. next oh six and two. Yeah, six and two. Three or four at home. We don't think BYU should win these, even if they're not bubblicious. A, a quality NIT twenty three plus win team should win these games at home. So if BYU will be favored in all the these games, four. all four, they'll if be favored BYU in all four. wins the next four, does your stance on what this team is change at all? No, because I need to see more over the 18-game tournament. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, if they drop one, it, yeah, this this team is good enough to win the next four, and it wouldn't be a shock. 
The only one I hesitate on is the game against San Diego because San Diego is a team like Pacific. They have athletic guards that want to attack, and they defend the heck out of the basketball. And they are significantly better than Pacific. Exactly. Yeah. Even though it's in Provo, this is a team that believes they can beat anybody. I mean, they matched up pretty well with St. Mary's. They played St. Mary's to a tough game just like BYU, right? I think it's a really even matchup between BYU and San Diego. So, yeah, I want BYU to win all four games. I don't know because of what has happened that I can say, yes, without a doubt, they will win the four games. I expect them to. Will they? I don't know. Yeah, the hope is there. The hope is there. Well, but I I'm hope BYU like, goes undefeated Like every the over-under in the next four games for me is, is three and a half. Where it's like, oh, man, because of the San if, Diego If BYU game. loses to San Diego at home, they're exactly what they have been. You know what I mean? They're not improving. They're not progressing. So, But if they beat San Diego and they win four in a row, then there is a hint of, okay, yeah, this team is better. One, because they've won four straight conference games, which they didn't do at any point last year. And they beat a pretty good San Diego team, right? Yeah, San Diego's much improved, which is good for the league. It's good for everybody, right? Raises the RPI or whatever. It's nice. It's nice not to have seven stinky teams. Instead, instead, they're only six. Stinky what has to happen? League. What has to happen to validate improvement? You got to win all four, right? You got to be better than you were last year, and that means so winning have more all four. Win. So have more wins. Yes, you win four in a row. Finish, it didn't happen third. last year. Yet they, second. yet they lost their best player, Eric Mika. It's all very interesting. What do you want to see from BYU basketball over the next four games? Let's go to the Twitter machine. At B-Royal Blue Coog, wins, commanding ones, show that Pacific is the last non-St. Zaga loss we will accept this season, or better yet, the last loss, period. Hashtag, you win some, you lose none. <laughs> Crush some fools, too. Like, you're at home. That's what he said, commanding ones. Yes, commanding yes. Ones. Beat up on some of these teams, especially at home. Where BYU's really had the issues, not at home per se. It's when they go on the road, and as Dave Rose mentioned last night on the coach show, on the second game on Saturday. Coming up, BYU Swim and Dive went to Puerto Rico to train for the season and ended up doing some serious service. Coach John Brooks will join us. And Gregor Bell joins us in Studio B as well. we got to talk to him about Tyler Hawes and, and Canada, Newfoundland. We have some questions. How did we not know about that league? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If you're new to the program, BYU Sports Nation is a national simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio Sirius XM Channel 143. The conversation is jumping right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. The hashtag BYUSN is the avenue to connect with us anytime you feel like you want to. There's a a program, as Reese Davis says, on BYU Radio tonight at 8 Eastern. It's called Behind the Mic. It's with Greg Rubel. Your boy, Jeff Grimes. Our boss, the senior coordinating producer at uh, BYU TV Sports, who used to work at ESPN and at many other places, Michael Miner, is on. You need to listen to that. Plug for the bus. And Michelle Vasconcelos, former BYU soccer superstar, who sat out a rookie year to have a baby, but she was the uh, 11th pick in the... NWSL draft. Yeah. So what's up with her? Is she playing this year? We'll find out tonight with Gregory. I think she will be the next... BYU athlete to make their professional debut. 
hope there are others before. Because oh, the league, right. yeah, the league yeah, yeah, starts yeah. up. What, yeah, what league? Yeah, probably her. You're right. I think it's going to be her. Yeah. What do you want to see from BYU basketball over the next four games? That is our Twitter question today at Broncos Lover. He explained that to me on Twitter the other day. It's B R N C L S L V R. He's like, what Broncos? Broncos like Denver Broncos, not Boise State. I'm, I'm if it's Boise State, I'm assuming we, it's the why Denver are we allowing Broncos. this person in? We need someone to step up as a third scorer, relying too much on Yoli and Elijah Bryant. Would be nice to see T.J. Haas become more consistent sure. from outside to supplement the scoring and spread it around. Amen to that. He's, no question. He's a good player. When T.J. Haas scores in double figures, things are much better for BYU. And he hasn't in league play yet, by the way. BYU's 2-2 two two in league play. How about that? Joining us now, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, who has, I'm sure, plenty of opinions on what he wants to see from BYU basketball over the next four games and many other things. Greg, let, let's go ahead and start with our Twitter question. If you could script out you know, an ideal scenario or scene for BYU over the next four games, what would that include other than winning the actual games? I can't just say four wins and leave it at that. <laughs> you can say that. Okay, four wins, more threes. There you ah, go. Ah, yes. Okay. More three-pointers. Yeah. And that's been a, an interesting trend. I, I thought we would see more of that. Yeah. I, we, have, we, have, we have better three-point shooters than they're showing right now. Yeah. Interesting. So does BYU need to take more threes? Like, BYU's generally taking quality shots on offense, but – do you think BYU needs to shoot more threes? Uh, maybe a few more, but but make quite a few more, I, I think, is, is what it comes down to. I, I don't think BYU needs to go crazy, but they are among the two uh, least frequently shooting teams from the arc right now. They, I, I think they and they and Pacific, I think, have the two lowest three-point attempt totals right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that, that could go up. Uh, but, but more than that, it's just the guys who can make them need to start making a few more. You brought up Pacific. Where does the loss to Pacific impact BYU the most? Well, I, I think it's a twofold fold impact. One is in the standings. The other is on the psyche. Uh, the standings, it's just plainly you're already two games out of first place, and uh, Gonzaga and St. Mary's haven't had any slip-ups yet, and now you have one. So you're minus one in the slip-up category, and you're already two down with only, only four played. So there's a standings impact, clearly. That, that's kind of the obvious one. Then there's the psyche impact. The team's really down, disappointed that they didn't get that win on Saturday. They have, they have to you know, put it aside, recover from that, get rid of the disappointment, have a strong week of practice, and then uh, get after it against Pepperdine and hopefully go a two-for-two weekend again just to get back on track. Uh, so I, 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 there's, there's a two-fold impact. And as to what's more important, tough to say right now, but there's a lot of basketball left to play. We're four games in and uh, 14 games to play still, so a lot can happen. What is uh, a stat that matters today, Greg? Well, if, if you go to back over the, uh, the Dave Rose tenure, the preceding 12 seasons, let's say, through 17 games, they averaged 12.8 wins and 4.2 losses. So you round it and you go average of 13 and 4. Well, that's exactly where BYU is through 17 games. So they've been here before literally at 13 and 4 and they and the average is, is 13 and 4 and they've made the NCAAs on a 12 and 5 season at 17 a 12 and 5 uh, a 13 and 4 a 10 and 7 a 13 and 4 this is places they've been before and still found a way to get to the dance so 13 and 4 is not terrible and it's 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 pretty darn good actually and it's it's where they've been historically and made a lot of NCAA tournaments with a similar type of record so they are they are where they've been i guess would be the stat uh, don't freak out a lot of basketball left to play, and 13-4 and four is where a lot of these teams have been historically. All right, we talked a lot about expectations because they are the guide to happiness in life, and we have kind of narrowed that down to the four games. We all want to see BYU win the next four games. What should the expectations be over the next four games? Because 
San Diego is a much improved team, and they are the fourth of the next four before St. Mary's. You're playing here at home, though, so can I just say four wins again and leave it at that? Because that would be the expectation, and it would have to be theirs and mine. Uh, yes, it's San Diego, and, and they're much improved and clearly legit, but you do have them at the Marriott Center. So, uh, yeah, 4 0. That'd be my expectation. TJ Haas is an all conference guard, a four time state champ in high school. That was then, this is now. He, he was tremendous last season as a freshman. What's missing for him to, to be who he is? You know, he was the leading returning scorer from last year's team. Uh, without Eric Mika, he was the guy. So when people, uh, you know, I, I, when I say there's a big three, there really is a big three, and he's one of them. Okay, Yoli and, and, and Elijah are leading the team in scoring, but he's the third double-figure scorer right now, and clearly he is one of the big three. And as I've seen over the years, uh, when you're playing the best teams, you pretty much have to have all three guys on. When you're playing really good teams, two of three can sometimes, you know, get it done. Uh, and, you know, against maybe the, the most lesser of teams, maybe one. But bottom line is you have to have at least two of those three guys going on most nights to, to have a, a real good shot to do what you want to do. And, and they just haven't been really on all three lately. And, and he's the third, and he's really integral piece of this puzzle. His assists are up. His rebounds are up. Steals are pretty even. Uh, but the shooting numbers are down and the scoring numbers are down. And, uh, you know, he was one of the 10 best players in this league last year, was a first-team first all-conference player. And so uh, it, it's okay to expect more from TJ. And I think TJ can still deliver more, and there's a lot of time left to do so. And as to what's missing, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it really is beyond he's missing shots right now that, that, that we expect him to make. Um, he's had good looks and, uh, and, and just not hitting at the rate he was last year. I don't know. He needs to be back on BYU basketball, Dave Rose. I think that's what he needs because he crushed it that week. 20 he and was, 24 in those week. two games. Yeah, he, he was, was awesome. Good. Yeah, he was. A return. <laughs> what was the best thing you heard on last night's edition of BYU Basketball with Dave Rose? A lot of good things from Dave, and I like when he talks about uh, the other sports. We talked football uh, quite a bit last night, and uh, he had a good perspective on the Alabama-Georgia game. And then he also talked about his uh, – you know, his days at Houston, again. he was asked about that. I love hearing when he talks about, you know, those teams he was on because he's been in a national championship scenario, too. So those, those, those were two pretty yeah. fun elements last night. But also the fact that he said we need, and I think he said this way, Joe, we need about three or four more threes per game right now. And so he's looking for the same thing. He wants to see more three-point shooting because no, he knows he has those guys. Uh, last four games, Zach Selyus has zero threes. Uh, last three games, and they've gone one and two, McKay Cannon has one three. Uh, last five games... T.J. Haas has two threes. That's bonkers. Okay, he was averaging two per game as a freshman. Zach Selyus averaged two per game as a freshman, and, and neither is putting up a three-point numbers right now. So that really has to change, I think, for BYU to maximize its potential, and Dave wants to see it too. Yeah, offensively with this new scheme, there's certainly an adjustment period. And, but uh, you get the looks, but the looks are still there. Yes, yeah. so, so maybe knock them down. Okay, we, we have some questions. So you've talked about Newfoundland before. Or Newfoundland. Newfoundland. As we say. I don't even know how to say no, it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, so Tyler Hawes <laughs> is on the N- in the NBL Canada. Yeah. The, okay? the, the, Maybe the, this leads us to a, a cool thing about Canada. I don't know. You tell me. The NBL Canada, or Niblick, as we like to call it. The Niblick. Yeah. Is that what you really call it? <laughs> no one calls okay. it that. <laughs> but we should start calling it. The Niblick. NBLC, baby. No, we're using that now. The Niblick. Okay. Uh, the cool thing is there's actually a pro basketball league in Canada. Let's start there. It's in its seventh season. Did You, you didn't know it seven existed. It's in its seventh season. Uh, I'm going to roll. Great Kelly Olenek. Uh, uh, and a draft pick. And one of the, this year's draft picks in the Niblick uh, was Demarcus Harrison. Former ah, BYU Cougar. Okay, okay. He's, oh, nice. since, he's since been released by the Cape Breton Highlanders. 
which leads us to the roster of team names in the Nibbling. <laughs> we have the Island Storm, headquartered in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. Okay. Oh, we have the Halifax Hurricanes, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Yeah. We have the St. John Riptide. Oh, singular. Okay. St. John, New Brunswick. Not to be confused with St. John's, Newfoundland. <laughs> where we have the St. John's Edge, Tyler Haas team. And also Rashawn Brodus, former BYU Cougar. So Ty yes. and Brodus are playing together. Yes. Both played last night. The Moncton Magic from Moncton, New Brunswick. The Moncton Magic. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the Moncton Monks would have been better. Oh, a great suggestion. Um, we mentioned, <laughs> mentioned Cape Breton, mentioned St. John's. The Kitchener-Waterloo Titans. Part of the Kitchener-Waterloo Metroplex. The Niagara River Lions. The Niagara River Lions. They're in St. Catharines, Ontario. The Niagara River Lions sound like the River Lions sound like a team that could play in the Chinese Basketball League. <laughs> the Niagara River Lions are on the Niagara River by, the, by Niagara Falls, but the city is St. Catharines. Uh, the London Lightning in London, Ontario, not London, England. Yeah. And the Windsor Express, who play Tyler Hawes and Rashawn Brodus again tonight. They beat them last night. Yeah, yeah. There <laughs> There's our Niblick for you, all 10 teams. Follow them all on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I had heard. I'd have heard of, of these cities, yeah. of any of these cities, London. <laughs> I'd heard of London again, but like, where's where's like the Vancouver whatever's? These are all Ontario. The th- these are all Ontario and oh. Maritimes teams. These Nothing are Eastern teams. Oh, okay, all Eastern. Okay. There's two divisions, by the way: the Atlantic Division and the Central Division. There you go. Is Tyler part of the Atlantic, Atlantic Division? He's actually in the Central. Go figure. St. John's is out like near like the UK, but they put it in the, <laughs> Central, in the Central Division. Central division. Yeah, yeah. They had to stick them somewhere. Yeah. There you go. Poor Tyler. Oh, shit. More Niblick than you wanted to know. The Niblick. There you go. <laughs> By the beard of Kelly Olinick. <laughs> <laughs> Who's with the heat? Really good yeah, stuff. No. Uh, tonight, behind the mic with Greg Revelle, you have oh, yeah. an outstanding guest lineup, starting with the offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes. What do you anticipate that conversation will be like? We, we may start with Michael Miner, by the way. Oh, okay. We'll just talk about you guys for 10 minutes. And then, uh, then Jeff Grimes will be in. Then we'll have Michelle Vasconcelos. And, I, I just, and, and with Jeff, we're going to kind of get into, you know, kind of his long and winding road. He's had a really interesting coaching tenure. We're going to find out where he's been and where he wants BYU to go tonight on Behind the Mic. Yeah, really. Michelle Vasconcelos with the Chicago Red Stars uh, of the NWSL, looking to play uh, her rookie season in her second year as a pro. Yeah, She's the Ben Simmons of the NWSL. That's the... Yeah, she was out a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah she yeah. was out a year. Yeah. Exactly. Well, she had a reason. For a different yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah. Not the same reason as Ben. Not the same reason as Ben, no. Yeah, she, exactly. had a, she had a reason. Well, to be we out. don't know, I guess, with Ben. Behind the mic, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain Time on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143 with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell. We're looking forward to it, man. And we'll have you guys back on soon on the program. Yeah. All right. You've, been, you've been guests before. You'll be you'll be guests again. Can't wait. Yeah. Just you know, bring the Hydro Flask, okay? Yeah, it's always there. You know it's, it's here today. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Rebell, the voice of the Cougars, do not miss him tonight on Behind the Mic. Thank you, Greg, as always. Coming up, the story of the BYU swim and dive team who went to Puerto Rico and swimming and diving took a backseat. But first, there's a big shakeup, Jerem, in my latest West Coast Conference Player of the Year Power Poll. Well, 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 I can't wait to see what it is. Did your buddy Emmett Nar take a fall? Not my buddy. It's wonderful to have you with this, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, national simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. Coming up Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time, immediately following BYU Sports Nation, BYU TV, and BYU Radio, we'll have complete coverage of the pre-funeral, funeral, and post-funeral services for Thomas S. Monson, 16th President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's coming up Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern right here on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Decisions determine destiny.
Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball will host Pepperdine tomorrow on BYU TV. Last night on BYU Basketball with Dave Rose, the coach pointed out how he's been impressed with not so much the distant shooting of the Waves, but in another aspect. Uh, not a great three-point shooting team, but they make four or five a game. And, uh, you know, this, this is a team that their athleticism has really caused us problems over the years. Guess what? Athleticism caused BYU problems in the Pacific matchup, so it's back to work. They will not overlook anybody. Game tips, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain on BYU TV. Coverage on BYU Radio begins at 8 Eastern. Dave Rose says Dalton Nixon could be back in the next week or two. Nixon did elliptical work and got some shots up yesterday. Coach Rose said now we see how he reacts. As long as he stays pain-free, then there's a process that you go through with these things, and and hopefully, you know, we can get to the point where he's out actually in practice here sometime soon, and then we'll know if it's going to work or not. The Sporting News released its way-too-early college football top 25 for the 2018 season. Not way too early. 234. BYU scheduled to play two of their top 25 teams with Washington ranked 11th and Wisconsin at number 6. By the time they play Boise State or Utah, both of those teams could be ranked as well, I think. And Tyler Haas made his debut with the St. John's Edge of the NBL Canada. In Newfoundland. They're on the edge of the world. I didn't realize how far away he is. He's closer to Ireland than he is to Utah. That's incredible. One of his teammates, by the way, is Rashawn Brodus, who used to play for BYU. Haas made his debut last night. It's beautiful there. It's really cold, but it's beautiful. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yes, you will. You will also take my word as I roll out, Jerem, the new West Coast Conference Player of the Year Power Poll. Spencer Linton's WCC Player Power Rankings. Starting at number five and counting down to number one, there is a new entrant this week, Jerem. It is Josh Perkins. Of the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Okay. He leads the league in three-point field goals per game. He's making three a game, man. It's pretty good. Shooting 46% from distance, 14 points a game, and he's dishing out five assists. That was enough to edge out your good friend Emmett Nahr. He's not my good friend, but he is my <laughs> eldest corn president. Also considered was Isaiah Wright of San Diego, averaging 15 points and six assists. Yes. At number four, Josh Perkins' teammate, Jonathan Williams. Then Elijah Bryant makes the jump oh, he's up one. to number three, just behind his teammate, Yoli Childs, who for a second straight week is at number two. And the number one player ugh, is St. Mary's Jock Landale, averaging 21 points play. a game and like 10 rebounds. A double-double machine. He's clearly the best player in the league. Okay, Emmett Nahr is a good player. He's second in the NCAA in assists per game. Yes, nine. Nine, game. nine dude. Yep. He's shooting 50% from the field. He's only averaging uh, like 2.2 points fewer than uh, Josh Perkins. So he must be barely out. Oh, by the way, fifth most minutes played in the NCAA. That's Emmett. why I gave the edge to Josh Perkins is because his contribution per minute played is higher than Emmett Nahr. Not an assist, it's not. In points and rebounds and three-point shooting, it is. Yeah. It's close, right? It's really close. I don't know. Mostly, Se- I d- second in the NCAA I didn't think, and assist. I, didn't, I did this for you. 
truth be told, I put Josh Perkins at number five because Listen, of Elder your Nar. disdain for him. Nar. I don't have disdain for him. He's, he's better than... He's a really good player. He's really good, and his hair smells like cinnamon. He's a really good player. But Josh Perkins had another fantastic week. And when you shoot 46% from three... That's pretty good. And make three threes per game. That's really good. And they are crushing West Coast almost, Conference competition. Almost as good as nine assists a game. It really is. Oh, he's he, <laughs> Josh Perkins averages five and a half assists a game. Oh, that's baby food compared to a nine. But he's scoring more and let's, rebounding more, and be he's a better three-point shooter. Let's be honest. How hard is Emmett Nars' life? And Emmett he throws the ball into Jock Lando, scores, and he's like, oh, I got an assist. Exactly. Exactly. You're adding to my argument why he doesn't des- belong in the top five. Because he has Jock Landale. I really Landale. don't care about the order. He has Jock Landale. I can't believe that this has become a conversation about the number five spot. <laughs> Will anyone outside of the big three crack this? Someone from San Diego at some point? Like- Isaiah Wright has a shot. Yeah. 15.6. Yeah, well, He's one of the 30 in a game. One of the Isaiah not brothers crack the top five at some point. We'll see. Elijah Bryant is threatening to displace Yoli Childs. He's been that good. They average the same amount of points. Yoli averages more rebounds than Eli. Uh, Elijah Bryant averages more assists, not surprising. But Yoli Childs' ability to steal the basketball and do some other things, he just just impacts the game in a lot of ways. Okay, how close is Elijah Bryant to overtaking Yoli Childs? It's close. It's close. I thought about it. I thought about it this week. Because uh, Yoli Childs got into foul trouble Thursday. And then Saturday, he he wasn't there for a lot of the game. They right? knocked down two big threes. I yeah. thought he gave BYU the boost they absolutely needed to feel yes. like, oh, they're going to win the game. But, like, if you're the second best player in the league, you got to show up in Stockton a little more in that game, in my opinion. Yoli's a tremendous player. So is Elijah. I think Elijah Bryant's the best backcourt player in the league, man. More than Emmett Nahr, more than I don't Josh disagree Perkins, with that. More than- I don't disagree with that. But I think this is a league that is dominated by frontcourt players. <sighs> Not exactly. It's it's not exciting, but, but I think that it is. But only Jock Landale is the I'm the back to the basket non shooter. Yoli Childs made two threes again. You know Jonathan Williams shoots threes. Yeah, Yoli and Jonathan. Jock are very, is your traditional big. Jonathan Williams and Yoli Childs are similar. In yeah, a lot and St. Mary's is a traditional place. <sighs> You'd think BYU would be a traditional place. That's the top five. Yeah. Do you agree? Don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet at Spencer Linton, underscore Linton. What do you want to see from BYU basketball over the next four agree? games? What do you think? I don't care. <laughs> hey, coming up, what BYU football opponents are in the way too early preseason top ten if you didn't see the beginning of the second? <sighs> what grade did Paul Meyerberg give BYU football for the okay. last season? And the story of BYU swim and dive in Puerto Rico. Wow. You are not going to want to miss this with head coach John Brooks. They went above and beyond. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern, other than Tuesday, part of Super Tuesday. Emmett Nar, please. Tomorrow night, BYU plays Pepperdine at 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. It's not in Malibu, so BYU has a tremendous chance to win this game. Pre-game is live on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern. Time. Listen, I know you're all shaken up about Emmett Nahr falling out of my top five power listen, poll. Listen, listen. If you don't report the home <sighs> teaching at the end of the month to him in a timely manner, he is not happy. <laughs> He's going to take matters into his own hands. 
He's going to send Jock Landale after Assist you. Assist this. <laughs> He's going to send the monster after you. Oh, boy. What do you want to see from BYU basketball over the next four games at Doc underscore JMO? Four solid, no doubt, wire-to-wire wins. That'll get me excited again. For me, I think that's too much because San Diego's in that mix. Yeah, they don't have to be no-doubters, but in the last 10 minutes, I would like it to be not as competitive. I don't care. San Diego's going to be a competitive game. I don't care. Right, that game, yes. They're a good team. But a few other games, a one-point win, I, I will take. But if this team's actually improved, they're not beating LMU by one. Granted, he's saying that'll get me excited again. Okay? That'll, like, yes, no doubt wins will get everybody excited. No doubt wins are boring. I want some I want some entertainment a little bit. Hey, well, we're about to excite BYU Sports Nation because we have a fantastic story on the way with John Brooks, head coach, BYU Swim and Dive. John, it's great to have you back in studio. Love, Thanks for making time for us. Yeah, I love being here. Uh, you and your team recently returned from Puerto Rico and did some fantastic humanitarian work, uh, served in the communities, and Swim and Dive took a back seat, and you really made an impression on the community. Um, I just want to let you have the opportunity to kind of explain what you saw there and why you decided to go to Puerto Rico after uh, the hurricane and, and everything that was going on down there. Well, we don't have a pool to train at here at BYU, which is one big thing, and so having an opportunity just to train anywhere and get more lane space and be able to have good quality training was probably the first step to going to Puerto Rico. But for me personally, uh, I just felt an obligation, not necessarily we represent BYU, but also just listen listen to the stories and people down there. We knew we were going to have water. We knew the hotel was going to be up and running where we were going, and food was going to be fine. We found out that maybe there may not be Internet, may not be cell phone, may not be TV. That wasn't necessarily important for us to start for training down there. And I just felt like if we're going to go spend, you know, we always go Christmas training trip somewhere. And if we're going to spend our money in San Diego, we're an island that's 85%, you know, the business, the 85% reliable of, on tourism. We're not helping them by going. So just the fact of us being there was a huge impact. There were supposed to be 17 teams that were going to go and train there. And we were the only teams that decided to, to come. And so just the constant feedback from the hotels and the restaurants and the pool and the bus drivers that drove everywhere was just grateful for us to spending our dollars there being there. That was probably the bigger impact. I know we wanted to do community service and help where we can, but the primary purpose is going there to train and help uh, and bring our dollars there and spend our dollars there, which was heavily grateful on their end. So, so that was helpful on that end. Yeah. So once you get there, did, did these things change in what you expected that experience to be like, or was it what you were hoping to have? Well, I mean, there was a lot of hoops we had to jump and just to even go, I did a lot of research by talking to mission presidents and people down there and local people so that we knew that we were going to be okay. But even the day before I left, my wife was a little worried about what, you know, what's going to happen. Or is there even going to be electricity at the hotel? Can we even talk to each other? And uh, when we landed in, in San Juan, you know, most of San Juan has electricity now. And I think it's, it's really bad there. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's not as bad as what's being portrayed in the local news in the States. And so... Um, it ended up being a little bit better than what we had, but we know we're going to the pool every day, and it's about a tw- maybe 11, 12-minute drive. Some days it ended up being 40 minutes because they're just clearing the roads, got you know trucks that are cleaning up and stuff. and So there's still obviously a lot of work to be done. Uh, so it, it was better than we thought in a, lo- in a lot of ways because the food was good, the beach was good, the training was awesome, and the people loved us being there. And speaking of that, I want to read part of an email that Lee Frederick, who is president of Sport Tours International, wrote in regard to you, coach, and your teams and what BYU just did. And I quote, 
Your service activities were so well received and documented that the local citizens are still talking about BYU. In addition, your presence helped two bus companies, Hertz of Puerto Rico, the University of Puerto Rico, their lifeguards, a weightlifting business, etc. You were the one swim coach that had faith enough to come. We look forward to working with you again, end quote. When you received that email, what went through your mind? Just, you know, just like, I guess it's kind of like serving a mission kind of thing. I mean, some of the missionaries, some of our freshmen that haven't served missions yet, when they were handing out some of these filtration systems in the hills, I was like, just so you guys know, this is what two years of your life will be like. Uh, it was good, good feeling, just knowing that we did, you know, we went there and, uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting that, of course, but just knowing that we made an impact is huge. And, you know, we're a swimming and diving team, and so, you know, we don't always get recognized for certain things. And it was just nice to know that we represent BYU, and the good way of representing BYU is out there, and hopefully it continues to be out there. So it's awesome. How'd the training go? You know, our divers are, you know, we don't want to use the, we'll see the, nor- the team up north. We have to travel up there to train. <laughs> it's a little bit challenging right now not having a diving, you know, places that our divers to train. So having a great place for our divers to train every single day, you know, two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon was phenomenal. We love the facility and we love the, I mean, the lifeguards every day were just bending over backwards for us because they just were so happy to have a team come. Uh, and just one, one thing, the president of the university came to the pool the very first day and said, thank you so much for coming. You know, we're doing okay. We're doing better. But just having you come gives us that continual love and support and just motivation to keep on going. And that, it's like, wow, I didn't know that just us being here was doing that for you. He goes, yeah, it just gives us an extra hope of like somebody cares, somebody came. So that was pretty cool. What kinds of things did you hear uh, from your team members about their experiences and, and what kind of things did you see from them I, I wish that a lot of them could have had maybe more more interactions like i did with a lot of the administrative side of things um but a lot of them especially maybe some that are from utah that have never been outside the state of utah having experience of a different culture uh and and just having i mean some of them said it's their, the, like the highlight of their life so far and that's pretty cool um and not everyone was able ever one of the days we did service everyone was able to serve uh, on the second day, we tried to do some service. It was a little bit harder to get up in the hills with 60 athletes. Um, but so everyone had at least some opportunity to do something and help where there was help. And I think everyone went away going, we did something that no one else in the country was willing to do. And that's pretty darn cool. Yeah, that, that island means a lot to a lot of people. I know uh, Brian Santiago, associate athletic director, went himself and yeah. his parents are Puerto Rican, or at least his dad. Um, and, and the men's volleyball team, is we've almost always had a Puerto Rican. And now we have another yeah. one in uh, Gabby Garcia Fernandez. So uh, his his mother and father were on the plane coming back to, oh. come, to come surprise him for the really game. yeah, that's cool. And they just barely got electricity. They live in San Juan. I think six days before we came back, just barely got electricity. And then he had a tremendous first two matches at BYU. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's, because his mom was there. <laughs> maybe <laughs> hey, mom always makes things better, right? Um, the the Richards Building, um, the, the pool is under construction. When is that scheduled to be finished? The the latest I heard is sometime in August. So we still that be in time for the next season. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. What have you learned about yourself and your team as you've had to deal with these types of unique challenges that most swim and dive teams don't face? You know, I, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but we've been training at Riverside Country Club until December, and I think if we add up the amount of weeks we've trained indoors versus outdoors, I mean, when we start our season in August and it ends in March, and then we continue training all summer long. I think it's like seven or eight weeks that we've actually trained indoors for our team. Hmm. I mean, we were, we were still we were swimming out Riverside in the you know when it was ice on the deck and 
that's been, you know, some people it's been tough. They just said, I don't, I just don't want to do it. But we've had a lot of athletes that have just said, Hey, you know, so going to Puerto Rico for our team for a lot, most of them was like, this is no big deal because we've been training outdoors in Utah. And so any <laughs> adversity coming our way is not going to be that big of a deal. Right. But it's been, you know, it's been a, a very challenging year, but I think most of our team has become better and stronger because of it. Grand Canyon this weekend in Phoenix. Uh, what do we need to know about this particular meet for the BYU fans in the Valley? Yeah, those that are down there, you're talking about the Valley of the Sun? Yes, yes. the Valley of the Sun. Uh, we always have really good people. Every time we go to either ASU, U of A, or Grand Canyon, we always have more spectators come and watch than the, you know, the home team. So we hope that happens. Uh, we have a lot of team, a lot of members of our team that got strep uh, coming back from Puerto Rico or just right when we got back kind of a big spread white thing. So we're hoping that uh, we just have some type of decent representation down there. <laughs> I mean, we have, out of the 64 people that went to Puerto Rico, I think we're close to 50% that had strep. So wow. they've been out for a couple of days, the and, and they're not going to travel. I don't know, was, to, on the plane, I don't know what happened. Well, yeah, but the, the smog and the, it's been pretty crazy yeah. in uh, Utah here. So. Okay, All good, right, well, we want to do our part. We would, we would like to give you some well-deserved BYU Sports Nation karma for your efforts in Puerto Rico. Yeah, very cool. For very uh, cool. the approaching meet uh, in the Valley yes, in Arizona against Grand Canyon. And if you're down there, I mean, it, it means so much to these athletes to have that type of representation from BYU show up and, and support them like that. And it's yes. in Goodyear, you said? The, or the, there, thereabouts? The pool is actually at the Brophy Prep High School facility, which is just outside of Phoenix, or, uh, Phoenix area. Yeah. Gotcha. That's where the meet will be hosted at. Gotcha. Mom, you got to go to this. <laughs> Mom, you got to go to this meet, okay? Sorry. Pressure's on. You got to do it. It'll be awesome. You'll love it. I got it. a brother that lives in Fountain Hills down He's there. He's got to go. So. Put him on blast. Trevor, you got to go. Put him dog. on blast. Yeah. <laughs> John, great to talk to you. Thanks and, for having uh, me. Thanks on. for repping the Y so well. Yeah, yeah awesome. Okay. Sure. It's- Amazing, by the way. You see the reflective BYU swimming now? Yes. That's amazing. That's a plug because Jerem wants one of those. <laughs> That's not, but yes. How close is Dalton Nixon, by the way, to rejoining BYU hoops? We'll tell you in the whip. Uh, and what grade did Paul Meyerberg give BYU football for the 2017 season? The USA Today was <clears throat> not kind. At least it's not the New York Times, Spencer. Truth. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Greg Rebell and John Brooks, the head coach of BYU Swim and Dive, returning from a memorable trip to Puerto Rico. Great humanitarian effort by the BYU Very Swim cool. and Dive team. Very if cool. you miss any of it, the show speaking of, I'm speaking of the show, yes, uh, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up tomorrow, BYU football assistant Ryan Pugh and gymnastics head coach Guard Young. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Sporting News released its way too early college football top 25 for the 2018 season. BYU is scheduled to play two top 15 teams. Sixth ranked Wisconsin, 11th ranked Washington. Let's go ahead and make it two top 11 teams. <laughs> Paul Meyerberg, college football writer for USA Today, wrote the following, and I quote, It's time for me to hand out some end-of-year report cards. A-plus for Bama, Wisconsin, UCF, UAB, and for Florida, Tennessee, and BYU, it's a big old... F. Summer school awaits a bunch of major programs, end quote. Yikes. Men's basketball. Cougar sells Pepperdine tomorrow on BYU TV at 9 Eastern time with pregame on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern. Dave Rose says Dalton Nixon could be back in the next week or two. Nixon did elliptical work and got some shots up yesterday. Coach Rose said, now we see how his body reacts. 
Cougars overseas. Literally, because Tyler Haas is way out there now. At overseas, though. St. John's Edge of the NBL Canada. That's a thing. The Niblick. We we learned a lot about it with Greg Rubel. Maybe even too much. One of Haas' teammates is former Cougar Rashawn Brodus, by the way. Haas debuted last night. By the beard of Kelly Olenek. (laughs) (laughs) Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. The BYU swim and dive team. 16 other teams canceled. BYU did not. They got some great training in, but more importantly, they were able to help the people of Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria. Mm. And BYU took uh, took to the streets, took to the world, entered to learn, go forth to serve. BYU I love it. did that. That's how you rep the Y, man. Very nice. Very nice. One of the best stories I've heard of the past year and change. Not just this year because we're like in week two. Yeah, yeah. A, a serious rise and shift. Very cool. Let's go back to the Twitter machine, shall we? What do you want to see from BYU basketball over the next four games? This from at Cougar Stats, Jerem. Ken Pomeroy has the probability of winning the next four games for BYU at 51.7%. Mostly because of San Diego. 51.7%. Yet here we are expecting BYU to win all four, right? Yeah. We have high standards here. Oh, man. The, the theology associated with the university has high standards as well, so the the expectations high for athletics as well. Yeah, they want to show tied in. They want to show improvement, and people yeah. care about wins and losses. Win the next four. Uh, yeah, it's sports, so we do care about wins and losses. Indeed, indeed, we do. Our elite tweet of the day at Newman BYU. If I'm Spencer underscore Linton, it will show in better play. If I'm Jerem Jordan, it will come in wins only. Wins. As for me and my house, we will take the wins. Love the scripture quotes. Long live <laughs> Joshua. <laughs> The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Shows on demand on BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to all alumni from BYU Swim and Dive. Back tomorrow at noon Eastern.